LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. This is the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast hosted by LifeWay. Ron's mission is to help church leaders become better leaders, and I'm your host, Nate Edmondson. In today's episode, we're going to talk about seven everyday tensions that every leader faces. Pops, do you have any tensions that you face? (laughs) That's a joke, right? Uh, Of course we do. Uh, You, uh, probably more than me right now, just because of your current context, understand that leadership isn't easy. Um, With every decision a leader makes, someone's happy, someone's not. And uh, so, you know, I like to point out some things that every leader is going to face every single day, because I think if you understand these, when you're in the middle of the tension, it's not like something foreign is happening to you. You know, so these are just you're just going to face these every single day. So uh, there's seven of them. You know, I like uh, numbers. And so seven everyday leadership tensions. You ready? Yep. What's number one? Number one, displaying confidence without being arrogant. Displaying confidence without being arrogant. This was so important for me in church revitalization. Um, I needed to have a vision, know where we're going. But, you know, the church had been around over 100 years. It would have been very arrogant of me to to uh, have all the, the answers. And so, um, you know, pride is just something that is repulsive in, in leadership. And so uh, I've just learned I have to take um, a confident approach, but be very humble in that approach at the same time. Yeah. What does it look like to display confidence without it looking like arrogance? You know, I think Jesus did that. I think uh, that's what meekness is. You knew Jesus had a plan uh, and you knew he was um, uh, you knew he was fighting for something. You see Jesus display some incredible confidence uh, to the religious leaders and some of that. And yet he was always approachable. He was um, he was always people. People wanted to come up to him. So. uh, yeah, I think it's a, a, an approachable characteristic, and yet you know where you're going. You're not wishy-washy on that. You know, what are you, some of? How do you know when you've got a confident leader? What are some of the ways that you would uh, distinguish? Here's well, one here's of, a guy that I know is confident, or here's a lady who I know is confident. You know, one of the things that you and I have have both experienced is somebody who says one thing to one person because that's what they wanted to hear and says something else to somebody else because that's what they wanted to hear. That's not confidence. That's people pleasing. Confidence Mm is, here's where we're going. I know that's hard to hear. It's not necessarily what you want to hear, but that's, that's, you know, that's, that's, so the answer's consistent. And yet you, you feel you can approach that leader and tell them, I have a problem with this or, you know, I, uh, can can I ask you some questions about this? You feel like you can approach the person, but they're not going to waffle on their opinion. At the same time, they may say, hey, that's a good idea. Why don't we do it that way? Um, but when they know where they're supposed to go, that's where they're going. Got it. And I assume that you are calling these tensions because there are times where if you're going to be a confident leader, you could be misunderstood as being 
arrogant. Absolutely. Yeah, because, well, he's confident or you can be um, you can be perceived as being wishy-washy because, uh, well, you gave in to that group. Well, I did because it wasn't that big a deal, you know, and and stick to the main things, uh, keep the main things, the main things. But be willing to say, okay, I don't have all the answers. And so maybe there's a better way to do it. Let's let's talk about it. Got it. All right. What's number two? Making bold decisions while building collaboration. Making bold decisions while building collaboration. Um, you know, in in every um, good leadership involves collaboration, and uh, y- y- you you bring people to the table. You help um, you help pull out the smartest voices in the room. Um, but at the same time, at the end of the day, someone has to make a decision. Uh, have you ever been in a meeting and nobody uh, knows what's going to happen next? And so you left just as confused as when you walked into the room. And that's because no one was willing to say, OK, we got different opinions here, but let's let's do this. You know, so get yeah. all the opinions on, on the table. Hopefully the best ones show up and everybody agrees on them. But at the end of the day, somebody has to lead and somebody has to say, okay, here's where we're going. I think this has been the hardest. Uh, well, I've only heard the first two so far, but um, this has been a hard tension for me uh, getting used to senior leadership because before when I was part of a team, obviously I, I led a team. Um, but when I was part of bigger discussions, I was really comfortable weighing in and giving my opinion, but I wasn't sitting in the seat of people looking to me to make the final decision. And being in a senior leadership role, I find myself in more meetings where people are waiting for me to make the final decision. And I think at first it felt and even still um, feels uncomfortable sometimes just because I'm still getting used to that. And maybe this is even part of the first tension, but um, but I really do value people's input. And I, I've always hated being on a team where the leader just said, here's what we're doing. And they never ask anybody's opinion. So, I, d- I don't want to be that. And I think by nature, I tend to be a collaborator. But it's been hard for me... Um, to know, uh, just to feel comfortable pulling the trigger on things and saying, okay, uh, I've gotten the input. Now, here's what we need to do. And that's the tension. You know, and and what I would say to you is live in the tension as long as you can live in the tension. So, keep collaborating. Don't be the guy who says, no, this is what we're doing. So, live in the tension as long as you can. But when things aren't moving forward, we got to make a decision. So, uh, it it is a tension though. And it's one we weigh every day. It's probably, it's probably different for each decision. But Absolutely. I'm curious uh, your take on how you know when it's time to make the bold decision and when it's time to to leave more room for collaboration? Well, there's several factors I would say. One would be when there's, when we're not moving forward, you know, so we're not collaborating. We're just, people are stuck, you know, and they're pitting, they're, they're pitted against each other. And so it's causing more tension, not that same kind of tension. It's causing more conflict than, uh, than it is, you know, it's just people collaborating. Collaboration is out the window. It's just locked down. 
So then you almost have to step up and say, okay, I don't, and I, I, please understand, I do this very, very seldom. But when it is apparent, we are not going to move any more forward until somebody makes a decision, then I have to make a decision or force a decision. Uh, So that would be the primary one is when it's just not moving forward. The other would be uh, similar, but we're making no progress whatsoever. And all we're doing is continuing to talk about it. It's not that we have a lot of conflict going on. We just haven't made any decisions. Okay. The data is not changing. Yeah, exactly. It's all the same factors. Yeah. This one was hard for for me in Washington because we had the whole no singing mandate from the governor. And obviously, there are are, uh, COVID as a whole is a polarizing topic. But then when it starts to get even more specific like that, you're not allowed to sing. Um, Obviously, there are biblical convictions that are involved and and we talked about it for so long and um, it was just hard for me to know. It can't, it, it's exactly what you were saying. At, we reached a point where there was conflict on the team and where we didn't have any more new data or new information. We knew all the factors and ultimately, it, just a decision had to be made. Absolutely. And, um, and you don't want that. You'd rather not have it at that point, you know. Um, yeah, that's that's the kind of day where you just wish somebody else would be the leader. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and those happen a lot. These are everyday tensions. <laughs> uh, number three is showing strength while displaying compassion. I, I used the illustration of Jesus earlier. I can't think of a better example of that. You know, he even had compassion for people on the cross. Uh, people want to follow people who genuinely, genuinely care for them. And, and yet they don't want to follow weak leadership. And so even in when you're in, in, in go back to that other uh, issue and you had to choose a side and somebody was disappointed with a decision, showing compassion for those that you didn't choose their side is so incredibly important and still loving people, even though they're not necessarily getting what they want. Um, that, that's just so important. Yeah, it is. The fourth one is controlling energy towards a vision, but allowing individuals to chart their path. Probably one of the hardest uh, for me to do is, is, um, and I, I, I pride myself on delegation, but I know I can see, and I, I know you've struggled with this one. I can see how it ought to look. And it's tempting for me to just take over and say, this is what we're going to do. But over the years, I've learned that's not the best way. So cast a big vision. We learned this first in church planting. Cast a big vision and then let people figure out how they're going to implement and carry out that vision. So, uh, you know, the best example of that from church planting was uh, I knew we wanted a children's uh, ministry that people wanted to bring their children, wanted to bring other children to. But I didn't know what that would look like. And so cast the vision for that type children's ministry and then allow the people to to figure out how that works. Got it. Yeah. Number five, celebrating victory while not resting on current success. Um, celebrating victory while not resting on uh, current success. Another way I like to say this is honor the history without push uh, uh, while still pushing towards 
the future. It's, you know, this is another one hard for me because I'm kind of wired for next. I'm kind of wired for where we're going, how, you know, what's new, what's exciting. Um, I'll forget to stop and just say, well, let's reflect on how well we did on that. Or let's, let's celebrate. Let's take a day off. You know, let's, let's, let's take some time and throw a party. And, you know, I've worked with some leaders that they would rather stay in the party. You know, they, they would just, Hey, man, things are awesome. Everything is wonderful. Everything is great. Well, it is. But if we only celebrate, we're not going to move forward to what's next. We've got to constantly be moved forward. But people can only take so much forward movement. And you've got to pause every now and then and say, man, let's just reflect on what God is doing and has done recently. And so for me, I try to build that into our system a little bit. Um, we have something every every team meeting um, uh, and and I get to lead a large team on, on Monday mornings and we get to share one of the things. We have a couple of questions I'm going to throw out. This is one's related, one's not, but it's, they're both great. Uh, one is what, what were the wins yesterday? And you've probably done that before. Um, but two is who did you meet yesterday? And that's a new one we've added and it's forcing our staff to meet new people to find somebody they don't know and then bring them to the table and say, Hey, I just met this person. Here's what I know about. Them. And it's a way of celebrating not just who didn't show up Sunday. Cause isn't that what you do uh, Sunday afternoon on the ride home is discuss who didn't show up. Well, who was there? And that's been real helpful for us. That's really good. You said this is a, these are all everyday tensions. Um, what does it look like to be celebrating something every day? Well, and maybe this one doesn't apply. <laughs> no, but I, but I think it does. I think it's, uh, you know, for me, one of the things it does, and I have to personalize this because your team's not going to get together every day. So, you, you, you're not necessarily going to live that out. But for me personally, it, it begins even part of my quiet time of recognizing what God has done in my life is doing in my life. I took a, just before we did this, I took a long walk and, and just kind of thought through, okay, God, I don't like this about my current situation, but then there's this, you know? And so just reflecting, keep grounding myself to reflect on the present, um, uh, what, what I'm, what I'm thankful for today, because I can be very, uh, it's very possible for me to be only anticipating what could be better in the future. Yeah, I just took, a, I've taken it a number of times, but just yesterday I took a disc assessment again and um, it was really helpful and I was just doing it because it was, it, um, I'm just trying to grow as a leader right now and I feel like there's a lot of pressure uh, for me to grow, not yeah. from anyone else, but just because I need to grow fast. Um, and I'm pretty low in the eye on desk, which is influencing and has to do with how you interact with people and display emotions and that kind of thing. And one of the, um, some of the, one of the highlights was it said, and this is the personalized result for me. I need, I need to make sure that I encourage others in a more vocal and open way. And I mm -hmm. need to express more enthusiasm um, in order to connect with others more. And so, as I'm hearing you talk about that tension, I think I, I don't naturally uh, talk about what I see that's good. And that's true of my own life. It's true at home. It's true at work. 
that I tend to to be more internally focused and I'm thinking about things a lot, but I'm generally thinking about problems that need to be solved or um, things I'd like to see us do better. And um, so, yeah, this is a... This is an area that I need to grow as a leader. Well, and this is, let me speak into that for just a minute, because this is one that um, we typically give out what we, we would want from others. And so for me, I like nothing better than someone to walk in my office and say, let's dream about something. You know, let's think how we can make this better. But some people are wired more for, tell me I'm doing a good job. Tell me that that I that, that I'm meeting your expectations, your approval. I don't need that as much, you know, because I know I'm doing a good job. I'm not just kidding. But I just don't need that constant feedback. But my wife does, you know. And so um, I'll often say this, and, and, and I don't know that I've given you this advice. You're, uh, you have a, a 10-month-old and, and a wife at home and, and doing a great job and has her own uh, career. Um, I'll, but she's mostly at home and she's t- taking care of the home, taking care of the baby. And I often say to young, uh, people like you, you, um, young men or young, it could be young women, but probably mostly young men walking in the home and they only notice what wasn't done. So, wow, the house is kind of messy today. Well, yeah. Do you know how many diapers I changed and how many times, you know, she was crawling, trying to pull over the lamp and how many times, you know, so you, you don't, you only see what wasn't done. And, uh, your, uh, your brother used to come home. We have, I think we've gotten him out of this. Uh, I think he grew out of it when he was about uh, 12 or 13, but he used to walk in and whatever smell he had first, that's what he would say, you know, wow, what stinks? Well, that's supper, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, that's dinner. But anyway, uh, yeah, this, that's a good one. Well, let me go on to the next one. It's learning from others, but being who you were uniquely wired to be. It's a common tension for, for leaders to compare themselves to other people. But you, and you should learn from other people. You should read all the books. You should go to the conferences. You, could, you should have mentors. You should do all listen the things. Listen to the podcast. You should listen to the podcast. Yes, good call. But be who God desired, designed you to be. Don't try to be someone else and don't compare yourself to someone else. Someone else is not going to be like you. No one's going to be just like you. We would teach our, we would teach our people that. Um, we have to live that out as, as leaders. Uh, and yeah. well, let me ask you a question yeah. about this. Um, how do you, uh, when somebody gives you feedback and, uh, they're trying to coach you, but you, uh, how, how should you filter that kind of feedback? Um, because I think there's a tendency to be defensive and want to reject, you know, what somebody, the, the, the constructive criticism that someone's trying to give. Um, and yet then there's also this tension that, okay, I want to learn from that, but that doesn't feel like me. Um, so, uh, I know I'm just highlighting the tension, but because um, this actually happened to me recently. Um, and to not take the feedback seems arrogant. And to say, yeah, I get that you think I come across that way, but, you know, maybe that's just what we're going to have to live with. 
uh, because that's just how I am. Um, how do you know when something's just, you know, a personal um, style thing or a personal just character quirk versus well, something that needs to be improved, changed? I, I think one is is to start with what you said first and be you've got to check your heart. Am I teachable? Am I willing to listen? Am I willing to learn? Are there things about me that I'm willing to work on if they need to be improved? And so it starts with a, a posture, if you will. And I'm very capable of you accuse me of that. I'm not. That's not who I am. You know, uh, so you have to you have to work on that part of you and be open to that. But then I think you do as you do with uh, criticism. And we've talked about, I think, on here before I listen to anonymous criticism because I think there may be something in there that 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 some reason they felt they needed to be anonymous. But I will filter that. What part of this is true? What part of this, even if it's true, is something I can uh, incorporate into who I am? And then what part of this will will I use to make me a better leader, a better person, uh, if anything? So if it's not even true, then, okay, maybe there's a perception thing there that I need to work on, but that's just not true. I've gone back to our teams before and said, okay, I've heard this that uh, at, uh, I think we even talked about this recently about the introversion and people say, well, I'm not allowed to talk to you. Well, that's not even true. So I educate people. But if it, if uh, the perception is, well, then I'm going to do a better job of trying to make sure, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm looking around to see, I'm engaging. I, here's another one I had um, years ago. Uh, someone, acu- a, a, a female accused me of only looking at the men. I would not look the women in the eye. Well, there was a part to that that was actually true. And I had to own that. Uh, I had, you know, I came out of the promise keepers days trying to be accountable, trying to keep myself pure, all those sort of things. But in the process of that, I had wounded some women because they didn't feel valued enough that I would look them in the eye. And so, uh, you know, I tried to do a better job of that, still protect my heart, but do a better job of that. So, um, and I realize that's a whole, probably a whole other podcast in and of itself. But I think it's it's having it's it's gleaning what is true, what does uh, uh, what does uh, relate to me, what can I incorporate, what can I simply not incorporate, and if it's not simply true, then maybe. Maybe there's another issue there. And some things, you know, we're just going to come to a stalemate on. They think this about me and it's just absolutely not true, you know, and I'll never convince them that it is. So. And that goes back to one of your principles about if you're going to be a senior leader, you're going to be misunderstood. Absolutely. Totally. All right. Number seven. It's spending time with people versus completing tasks. And that may be may be one of the hardest ones for me, quite honestly, um, because I'm task oriented. Um, now, I'm not a detailed person, but I'm a checklist person. So I, it, when I get to work, here's what I've got to do. Let's get this done. There are people on every team I've ever served on that just want to hang out. And you know who they are. You know, they, they want to get to know you. The first three minutes of every conversation is about the weekend and what you did and what you watched last night. 
I'm not a chit chatter. I'm just not. I'm more wired to just put my head down and get to work. But that chit chat, that little bit of conversation actually builds the relationships, builds the trust that allows you to have a team and uh, a team environment where everybody gets along. So I even allow, um, you know, I'm real careful to allow time in meetings where people just chit chat or just talk. And, and, and that's intentional on my part. But all those are tensions. And again, uh, we live them out every single day. And uh, we won't get rid of them. So we just have to learn how to manage the tension. You know, uh, we have heard from so many people over the last um, few weeks that they're enjoying this. I got to actually meet with somebody recently who listened to one of our podcasts and that really helped them think through an issue and want to talk about it some more. Um, I love that. Uh, I love the fact that that, um, this is helpful. We're going to keep try to keep getting better at it but if you like these please let us know please download share subscribe subscribing is so important review the podcast uh, that would be very very helpful uh, to let other people know about it but thank you for supporting the podcast have you listened to the one thing podcast yet the one hosted by scott sanders and Derek Hanna? they're part of our lifeway leadership podcast network They recently talked about leading change, the implications of COVID-19, and how to run online meetings. Just look up The One Thing on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today.